Take your Bibles, turn to John chapter 1. And we'll look at one verse, verse 14, John chapter 1, verse 14. I want to say thank you for praying for me this weekend. I had the opportunity to preach at Appalachian Christian Camp to a group of teenagers from really all over this part of the area, but Pleasant Hill Baptist Church. Uh, it was their winter retreat. I was able to preach Saturday night and Sunday morning, and uh, always enjoy that time. And God moved in a mighty way. I believe six teenagers gave their life to Christ, and so we praise God for that. And thankful for our friendship with Pleasant Hill and Pastor Keith and Pastor Jason and what they do for the kingdom of God there. And we're so grateful. You know, we're not in competition with any other church. We need more churches to do more uh, for the cause of Christ. And so we're thankful for our friendship and how God allows us to see life change. That's what it's all about, as we said earlier. But I'm going to talk about a little bit about the grace and the mercy of God. John chapter 1, we're going to look at a very familiar passage, really, if you've come to Trinity for any amount of time, especially while Pastor Ralph was the pastor, you've heard messages from John chapter 1. How many messages has Pastor Ralph preached on in the beginning was the word. I mean, I remember, I, can, I have vivid memories as a teenager of him turning to this passage and reading verse 1 of chapter 1 and then going into a message. I just have that memory. And we're going to look at another verse in verse 14 that goes right along with this. We won't take time to read the whole chapter, but verse 14 says this, And the word was made flesh, the word being Jesus, and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. I want to preach a message on a balanced life. A balanced life. Dear God, we love You. Again, we say thank You for all Your mean blessings. God, we thank You for the Word of God. It's true. It's eternal. It's powerful. And God, it can change our life if we let it. Pray you would open hearts to the message that you've put on my heart. I pray that you would be lifted up in this place. God, may our eyes be focused to you. Empty me of self, fill me with your spirit, and God will give you all the praise for what's done in this place because you deserve it all. In Christ's name, amen. Hard to believe it's February the 1st, but just a month ago we celebrated New Year's, a new year, 2023, and there were people all across the world that made decisions, or maybe they called them New Year's resolutions, and it probably had something to do with living a more balanced life in 2023, right? Less dessert, more vegetables. Calm down. I know it's convicting. Less screen time, more gym time. Less work time, more family time. Less couch sitting, more outdoors. Less late nights, more sleep. Less debt, more budgets. And people have a desire to live a balanced life. We may not always succeed at those things, but we do have a desire. Why is that? Why does it seem like it's a constant teeter-totter of life to find the right balance in areas? And why do we try so hard to find that balance? It's because we know that an unbalanced life can be damaging. And in fact, either extreme could kill us. 
you know, I don't know, I wouldn't necessarily want to try this, but probably eating dessert at every meal for every day, I'm talking about breakfast, lunch, and dinner, it's not going to be very healthy for you. I'm talking about double stuffed Oreos, I'm talking about chocolate cake, I'm talking about, you know, carrot cake with cream cheese icing, even though carrots is vegetables, I'm talking about the good stuff. If you just said, I'm giving it all in, I'm going to eat it, it's not going to be very healthy, correct? And on the reverse end, I don't know, I wouldn't want to try this either, but if you only ate broccoli every meal of every day for your whole entire life, that probably would kill you too. I don't know, but it probably would. Why would that? Because you have to have a balance. Either extreme is unhealthy. So often... We, if we would be honest, we find our life out of balance. We find ourselves maybe a little unhealthy. Our family needs balance. Our work needs balance. Our service in ministries need a balance. Our free time needs balance. Our finances needs balance. So is the case for our spiritual life. As followers of Jesus... Our spiritual life needs balance. You say, what do you mean? Well, let's look at the verse I just read. John 1.14 says, And the Word, again, Jesus, was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father. And then it makes this statement full of what? Grace and truth. Jesus is full, according to John 1.14, is full of grace and truth. Both left by themselves is still correct. Could you say that Jesus is full of truth? Of course. Could you say Jesus is full of grace? Of course. But the Bible says that Jesus was full of grace and truth. God thought it would be very important for the Christian to understand that Jesus is both. John 8.32 says, The truth shall make you free. And Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 says, For by grace are ye saved. So the truth sets us free from the lies of Satan, and grace saves us from our own sin. And we need both. Right? I need the truth to convict me, and I need God's grace to save me, because there's no way I could earn it. And so God wanted to remind us in John 1.14 that Jesus Christ... The Son of God came to this earth, died and rose again, and He did it all full of grace and truth. To follow Jesus effectively as a Christian and not to become a stumbling block for others, you must follow Him, you must pursue Him in grace and in truth. You must. It's not 50-50. The Bible did not say He was 50% grace, 50% truth. It said that He was full of grace and truth. He's 100% grace. He's all grace. He's all truth. So let's for a moment, before we go into my actual points, let's define what we're talking about when we say grace and when we say truth. Because if we're not careful, we say these words and we grow up in church and we know the words. But what do they really mean? Well, grace, I think one of the greatest ways I've ever heard it defined, if you take the word grace... You make an acrostic, G-R-A-C-E. It's God's riches at Christ's expense. That's grace. I get to enjoy the riches of Almighty God, and it's all because of Jesus. It's all because of what He did for me. 
It's nothing that I did. I did not dot an I. I did not cross a T. There's nothing I could do to have experienced or to have deserved Jesus Christ dying on the cross for my sins. That's grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. And then every other blessing in my life that is from the grace of God is just bonus. It's undeserved favor from God. That's grace. All of us, when we talk about grace, all of us understand we did not deserve it. So what's truth? Let's just, if we had to, if you had one minute, I don't know, maybe that's too short, but let's just say, you had one minute to tell one person the truth of the Bible, how would you tell them? Like you only got 60 seconds, that's it. You don't have a 30 minute sermon, you have 60 seconds to tell one person the truth. I think this is how you could say it, right? Here you go. Ready? For the wages of sin is death, and there's none righteous, no, not one. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Right? That's the truth. Is that the truth? That's the truth. And so when I define what grace is, And when I know what the truth is, and then when I realize that Jesus is full of grace and truth, I realize that both are important. Both are equally important. That's why sometimes our spiritual life can become out of balance, is when we focus on one more than the other. Let's just look at it for a moment. What if you only focus on grace, but you don't focus on truth? There's a church is actually popping up all around us in Asheville that they focus a lot on grace. But there's just not much truth. It sounds good and it makes me feel good. And maybe even sitting in the worship services, I'll leave encouraged. And it's a lot of grace. There's just not much truth. You know what only grace does? It allows you to excuse your sin and it eliminates your responsibility to live right. It's only grace. But then on the reverse end, if I don't understand that Jesus is full of grace and truth, if I only focus on the truth, then very easily can I compare sin and check boxes and become hypocritical and legalistic And what I'm trying to say is both extremes. Only grace, only truth with no grace can be damaging to the cause of Christ. And in fact, you've probably seen it. Somebody who is all truth or somebody who's all grace and it gives a distorted view of who Jesus is. Because Jesus is both. But he's both all at the same time. A healthy spiritual life is living every day following Jesus with all grace and with all truth. You say, how do you do this? Because I just made it sound really complicated. How How does our human minds even try to begin to understand it? Well, the truth is we're never going to fully understand it. We have an earthly mind. But here are four ways 
that in 2023, I believe it would help us to have a spiritually balanced life full of grace and truth. Number one, then we're going to finish up tonight just looking at how this ties into the heart of Christ. But number one, always do right. Always do right. But remember, you can't. How do you follow Jesus full of grace and truth? Always do right. But remember, you can't. Do right. Do right when it's hard. Do right when it's inconvenient. And do right when it doesn't make sense. That is your responsibility as a follower of Christ. Do right. You're supposed to be light. You're supposed to be salt. So you should do right. But please remember, you can't. You can't stay faithful on your own. You can't stay pure. Stay committed. Love your spouse. Raise your kids. Love people. Lead a ministry. You can't do all that by yourself. That's why, listen, if you don't have a life verse, I will let you adopt mine. You can have my life verse. My life verse is Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20 says, For I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. But then what is it? Not I, but Christ. You Do right. Do right by people. Do right what is correct in your soul, what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. You should do right. But remember, you can't. You can't, but Christ can that is in you. Because the verse goes on to say, not I, but Christ, for this life that I now live. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This life is not my own. It's Christ. And so I can't. I want to. I have good intentions, but good intentions only get you so far. I have to die to self on a daily basis. And I have to say, not I, but Christ. Not I, but Christ. I can't be the pastor I need to be, but Christ can help me. I can't be the dad. I can't be the husband. Not I, but Christ. How about we just say that all together? Ready? I feel like I'm speaking in a youth conference, but let's just say it. I think it'll be good for us. Not I, but Christ. Ready on three. One, two, three. Not I, but Christ. And see, that helps you. Because when the devil comes and he reminds you of all the times you failed, you can go at him and say, you're right, devil. I did fail all these times and I'm probably going to mess up again. But it's not me. It's Christ. That's going to help me. That's going to empower me. That's going to fill me. That's good. It will take the grace of God every second of every minute of every hour of every day for you to do right. It just will. If somehow I'm 55 years old, 65 years old, 75 years old, and by the grace of God I have lived a life that has brought honor and glory to Jesus Christ, it will be by the grace of God. It just will be. Not I, but Christ. Number one, how do you live a balanced spiritual life in 2023? Always do right, but remember you can't. Number two, always ask for forgiveness, but remember you don't deserve it. Always ask for forgiveness. When you mess up, go to God. He's waiting for you. He's there. But remember, you don't deserve it. When, not if, when we mess up, the word slips out. Your anger takes over. That white lie goes a little too far. Ask for forgiveness immediately. But then remind yourself very quickly that you didn't deserve it. You say, why would I do that? Because... The truth is, you don't deserve it, but the grace is, you can receive the forgiveness. And so it's a good reminder that it will help you to be thankful. That God gave you forgiveness, that He forgave you of your sin, 
But you did nothing to deserve it. All you did was plead the blood of Christ. And He forgave you. And a thankful heart will always, a thankful heart will always keep you from living in constant sin. Somebody who constantly is abusing, if they're a child of God, and somebody who is constantly living in sin, there is no way that they are living a thankful life. Because when you truly ponder in our human minds and our human hearts what Christ did for us on the cross and what it truly means to be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb as we just heard in song, what that really means, that thankful spirit that overcomes in me, what does Romans say leads us to repentance? The goodness of God. The goodness of God leads us to repentance. What does that actually mean? It means that I become so overwhelmed with the goodness of God, His grace and His mercy and His salvation in my life that I can't help but ask for forgiveness. And then remember, I didn't deserve it in the first place. Be thankful. A thankful heart allows us to live in that balance of grace and truth. I need that. You need that. Number three. This one can sometimes be difficult, but I think it would help us with this balance of grace and truth. Give people the benefit of the doubt. Sometimes that's hard. But give people the benefit of the doubt. But remember, they're just like you. We often lose our capacity to trust people. We do. You know, I have a harder time trusting people at 34 years old than I did at 24. Do you know why? Because in the past 10 years, people have done me wrong. People have lied on me, betrayed me. It's just life. Right? Correct? But I think something that would help all of us in this balance of grace and truth is that we should give people the benefit of the doubt. You know why? Because they're just like us. They're just, we could be in that situation. (laughs) Except for the grace of God. We often lose capacity to trust people. Why? Because people disappoint us. They say one thing and do another. And they said they would be there for us and they never showed up. Welcome to life. (laughs) That's just people. And that's just us. And it's easy, especially in church, more than anywhere. You know why? Because the devil makes it easy. He wants you to get hurt in church. Because if you get hurt in church, there's a chance you may never come back. But the church didn't hurt you. It's the people. And there's going to be people everywhere. It's easy, especially even in church, to become hurt, judgmental, and critical of people. But what we must remember is that we're all the same. At our core, you know what we all want? At our core, what everybody wants is to be loved. Everybody wants that. If somebody says they don't want to be loved, then they're lying. They want to have friends. They want to be accepted. They want the fulfillment of finding purpose and meaning in life. That's what people want. And in this world, and yes, even in this church sometimes, you can meet some mean and miserable people. And they will frustrate you. And if you're not careful, they'll even, you'll even allow them to cause you to quit some things. But what you need to remember is they're just like you. 
we all, all are just broken sinners that if it was not for the grace of God, we would all be mean and miserable. And God, God only knows the situations and the circumstances that people are walking through, that they have walked through, and that they're going to walk through. And so it's a really good help. It's a really good practice as Christians to give people the benefit of the doubt. And that sounds good. I'm good at preaching that. Like that sounds super spiritual, but it's really hard to do sometimes. But if we're going to be Christians full of grace and truth, probably be a good thing to do. Number one, I said always do right, but remember you can't. Number two, ask for forgiveness, but remember you don't deserve it. Number three, give people the benefit of the doubt, but remember they're just like you. And then number four, love Jesus, love people, and leave the rest to God. I'm looking up a text right now. I'm not being distracted, but I'm going to read a text to you as part of this point. I'm pulling it up. There we go. Love Jesus, love people, and leave the rest to God. Again, another point that sounds really good and really spiritual, but it's difficult to do. Sometimes in life, it all can become overwhelming. You ever been overwhelmed in life? Whew. I'm talking about job. I'm talking about family. I'm talking about ministry. I'm talking about problems, expectations, church, friends, kids, finances, sickness, car problems, etc., and etc. And all of it can become overwhelming. And there can become no clarity to your Christianity because of the overwhelming facts of life. Have you ever been there? I mean, if you've ever been there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The cloudiness of like, what does it even mean to be a Christian? Like, what is my Christian life even? I try to do right. I try to read my Bible. I try to pray. But there's no clarity in my Christianity. You literally feel like you're spinning your spiritual wheels. You're too exhausted to fight for truth. And you're, you feel too unworthy to deserve the grace. And you're just... You know what I've always found? When I find myself in a spiritual rut, which we all have them, there'll be at least a handful that we go through this year, 2023. When things become overwhelming and I can't find clarity even in my own spiritual walk, I go back to this. Love Jesus. I mean, go back to being a child. Love Jesus with all your heart and love people and then leave everything else to God. If you don't do that, if you don't in your spiritual walk, if that's not your mantra, if that's not how you live, love Jesus, love people, and live the rest of God, you will drive yourself crazy. You will. You ever heard of burnout? Have you watched somebody serve God and they burn out? You know what it is? It's our human nature to try to fix everything else. We want to fix everything else, but we can't. But you know what can make a difference? The Bible says, and some have compassion making a difference. Love Jesus and love people and let God take care of the rest. Do you know why that's so important? Because that is a spiritual balance of grace and truth. It's truth wrapped in grace and grace wrapped in truth. 
You say, well, what does that mean? Well, I don't know. That's just it. It's truth wrapped in grace, and then it's grace wrapped in truth. That's Jesus. That's this whole thing. I found a DVD. I was cleaning out uh, some things in our closet. My wife put me on a mission, and I was accomplishing my mission. I was cleaning out some things, and I found a DVD from 2006. And it said, Kenny Baldwin, and then it had on the bottom, shake it off. It was a message he preached at Impact Youth Conference back in 2006 when I was a 17-year-old teenager that I got the DVD of. And the message was entitled, Shake It Off. And that message specifically, as a 17-year-old, it changed my life. It really did. It changed my path. I actually, at that point, it helped me surrender to going to a Christian college and had to get rid of some things in my life that I was dealing with. And so I took a picture of this DVD when I found it. It was like last Tuesday. I took a picture of it, and I sent it to Kenny. And I said something to the effect, Hey, bro, thank you so much for being faithful. This is a message you preached back in 2006. It changed my path in life, and it helped me. I want to say thank you for being faithful. Okay? So he sent me a text back. I'm not going to read you all of it. But listen to what he says. This just like jumped out to me. He says, keep the faith. After he gives a big long greeting, he says, keep the faith, my brother. Loving God and loving people. It's all that matters. And I'm on a mission, Nathan, to make my life wholly given to that mantra. I love you. Whoa. Let's go. That's my mantra too. What's people going to say about your life? What's people going to say about my life? I hope they say that I love God and love people. Lived a life that loved Jesus and I loved people. Maybe not perfectly, but I tried. Really what it comes down to, and this is what I want to leave you with. What it comes down to is living a balanced Christian life is truly understanding the heart of Christ. That the heart of Christ is full of grace and truth. And I don't know if there's a verse, I'm sure there is, but this is what was on my heart. That you can more clearly see the heart of Christ than in John chapter 6. Turn there. And we're going to look at two verses and then we'll be done. John chapter 6 and verse 37. We're talking about living a spiritually balanced life, full of grace, full of truth. And I gave you four things to kind of help us to kind of think about, maybe to look back to. But here's really what it is. Listen to what the Bible says in John 6, verse 37. It says, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Did you hear the heart of Christ? Him that come to me will I in no wise cast out. You know, we don't really use the verbiage no wise anymore. But that, if you looked at the, the original language in the Greek, it literally is, it would be written like this. If anyone will come to me, I will not, not cast out. A lot of times the Greek language would use 
they would repeat it twice to emphasize it. They double negative. And so what that is really saying, Jesus is saying, if you will come to me, this is the heart of Christ. If you will come to me, I will not not. I will never, never cast you out. He's saying, I will in no wise cast you out. That's the heart of Christ. And that's why it's important for us to live a life full of grace and full of truth because Christ's heart for the sinner is for you, for the sinner, to come to the truth and His grace to forgive. That's the heart of Christ. Just come. That's why He says, Come unto Me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says, Come and let him that heareth come, and let him that athirst come, and whosoever will. Let him take of the water of life freely. Oh, that's good. That's the heart of Christ. The word of Christianity from ages down, from ages before to ages to eternity is come. Just come. Jesus is inviting the sinner to come. And here's our responsibility as followers of Christ who should follow Him full of grace and full of truth. It's that we echo the heart of Christ to this generation. We echo it. We continue the message of Christ to come to the sinner. Come. We are sitting you know, this is his truth. If you live in Asheville, if you drive around Asheville, you know this. But almost at every intersection, what do you find in Asheville? A person holding a sign. And my little four-year-old convicted me the other day. We just came off Tunnel Road, and we're going through that weird way that you've got to get back on 26, you know, coming from Tunnel or 240. You've got to go through. You've got to stop. There's some lights. And there's always somebody right there, if you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about. Always somebody right there with the sun. And we were not even talking about church. We were not t- talking about Jesus. We weren't even, I don't even know if we had Christian music on in the car. I think I was listening to sports radio or something. And my, four, my little four-year-old, she says, Dad, do you think Jesus loves them? <laughs> well, yes, of course He loves them. And we talked about it for a moment. But you know what? What convicted me is I don't know how many times I've sat at a red light and looked at somebody that I asked that question to myself. Does Jesus love them? Yes, He does. And it's easy, especially in this day and age, that we become really good at Christianity we know what it means to come to church. I mean, we do. Most of, not all of us, but maybe some of us, we grew up in church. Like, we know what it means to sing the hymns. But it's very easy to lose the heart of Christ. It's very easy to lose the point. And when Jesus said, Whosoever will come to me, and I will in no wise cast out, what he's echoing is that that's his heart. I want sinners to come, and my grace will be there. He says, come to me. This is how it, if I can make a chart, this is how I would do it. He says, come to me. So what is that? That's the truth. What did Jesus say he is? He said, I am the way, the what? Truth. He said, come to me. He just didn't say come. If he just said come, come any way you want to, come to any avenue you want to, come any path you wanted to, that would not be the truth. He said, come to who? Me. You got to come by the way of Jesus Christ. Come to me. And then what's the next phrase? It's grace. He says, and I will in no wise cast out. That's grace. 
You mean it, it doesn't matter what my past is? It doesn't matter what I did? It doesn't matter the side of the road I grew up on? It doesn't matter how much money? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. If you come by the way of the cross through Jesus Christ to me, come to me, I will in no wise cast out. I want to read you a portion from this book. It's called Gentle and Lowly. But this is talking about how we even, in our human nature, we resist that a little bit because we think we need to do something. But listen to what it says. It says, no wait, we say, cautiously approaching Jesus. You don't understand. I've really messed up in all kinds of ways. I know, he responds. You know most of it, sure, certainly more than what others see, but there's wickedness down inside of me that's hidden from everyone. I know it all, he says. Well, the thing is, it isn't just my past, it's my present too. I understand, he says, but I don't know if I can break free of this anytime soon. That's the only kind of person I'm here to help. The burden is heavy and heavier all the time. Then let me carry it. It's too much to bear, not for me. You don't get it. My offenses are, direct, are not directed toward others. They're against you. Then I'm the only one that can forgive you. But the more of the ugliness... In me you discover, the sooner you'll get fed up with me. Whosoever comes to me, I will never cast out. That's the heart of Christ. If we can carry that heart to a lost and dying world, full of grace and full of truth, and say, come, there's a Savior I want you to meet. Do you know that's really our call? Even as saved individuals, you know what our greatest need is today is to come to Jesus. Yes, you come to Him for salvation, but it's much more than that. I must come to Him every day for sanctification. I must come to Him for surrender. It's a process. I'm not glorified. I'm a sinner. Saved, but I still need Christ. And what would be good for us is to come to Him, come to Jesus, and to repeat that often. Just continue to come. And a heart that realizes how desperately they need Jesus will be the door that guards a peaceful mind and a balanced life. Do you need them? Of course. We all do. I'll read one more verse. You don't have to turn there, but I'll read it. Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. It says, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep, or literally it says, shall guard your hearts and minds through who? Christ Jesus. A peaceful mind. When you put your head on the pillow and it's quiet in the house, and all the thoughts of the day and the worries of tomorrow are flooding your mind. How do you have peace for tomorrow? Is you know the one who holds tomorrow. You go to Him and come to Jesus. It reminds me of a old hymn. It says, I need Thee. Oh, I need Thee. Every hour I need Thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. Listen to the phrase. I come to thee. You need Jesus today more than you did yesterday. And tomorrow you will need Him more. And if you ever make it a day and you wake up tomorrow, listen, I'm going to tell you this is dangerous because I've seen it. I've seen it in people's my age. I've seen it in teenagers' lives. I've seen it in older people's lives. But if you ever wake up and you don't think you need Jesus as much as you did yesterday... I would find myself really quick to get down and to humble myself before God and say, God, forgive me. Because I need Him. 
And I'm going to need them tomorrow more than I did today. Dear God, we love you. We thank you for the heart of Christ that drew us all to salvation. Lord, sometimes we get distracted on things in life. We even get distracted in church on what just really doesn't matter. But Lord, may we hear the heartbeat of Christ, even from your own word. God, you're telling us, you're inviting us to come. And Lord, so many of us, we've accepted the invitation to sit at the king's table. And you've washed away all of our sins. But God, there is a world out there that needs to continue to hear the heart of Christ, the message of Jesus. And may we not waste a moment, may we not waste a minute. And God, yes, they need to know that Jesus loves them. You know, it's something, that phrase is something that we grew up even hearing. But there is a world... They don't even know Jesus loves them. They don't even know that Jesus died for them. And God, as we are talking about having a spiritually balanced life, God, may we walk in grace and truth. And then, God, may we tell people about it. God, we thank you so much for the message of Jesus. Redemption, grace, mercy. God, we thank you for the truth. You lived a sinless life and you died on the cross for our sins. And God, I'm so humbled. God, help us to love people. God, to love you the way we should. And Lord, may we be light in this dark world for you. God, we thank you for what you've done in our hearts tonight. Lord, I preach this to myself. God, I need to be reminded tonight of the heart of Christ. Lord, even as my four-year-old piped up from the back of the car, does Jesus love him? Yes, he does. He loves everyone. Lord, I pray you to help us to be faithful. Help us not to quit. There's too much at stake. We'll give you praise. We'll give you glory. In Christ's name, amen.